Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, winners and losers of the 2022 TV year. All change at nine as Ali Langdon shifts to primetime. And new lineups in radio. Unmade. It's Monday, November 28. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. How was your weekend? It was a good weekend. Uh, what, what, do you know those weekends where you can't quite remember what you did, but you knew it was good? It was one of those. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good one. I think family, mowing the lawn, a few things like that. Actually, I was involved in the local Christmas parade down here and put a band together for our local CFM radio uh, station that said, could you rock out some Christmas carols? So we did that, and that was a bit of fun. How was yours? Very good. I'm so exhausted. I feel like I'm just getting up all hours, staying up all hours for the World Cup. So there will be a bit of a relief when uh, when it's all over, but also I'll be tremendously sad. So it's quite hard to both work um, 40 hours a week and watch World Cup football, I'm finding. Now, I don't know if I want to admit this, but I, to be honest, I'm not a sports nut, so I'm not following the World Cup at all. Where are we at at the moment? Well, we're, for most teams, two games into their three-game sort of first round before we go to knockout. So, tremendous result for Australia over the weekend, beating Tunisia. So, uh, it means that our third game, which will come up on, I think it's Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. Uh, I know that I've got to get up early and then go straight to a meeting during my uh, my short visit to Sydney. is is going to be a very meaningful game anyway. Um, but we should get into it. Um, hey, where should we start this week? Well, a little bit on in terms of TV ratings and Saturday being the last day of the official TV ratings year. Goodness, we must be getting close to Christmas. But Tim, who won the official ratings year by your account? Yeah, and look, and the, one of the problems with the term official is what does official really mean? Because yes, Oztam, which is the body that measures TV ratings and is owned by 7, 9 and 10, does publish a calendar of um, the 40 weeks a year, which it says are the kind of, I don't think it even uses the word official, but it publishes them in a different colour. The idea being that the other 12 or 13 weeks a year, depending if it's a 52 or 53 week year, um, are covered by summer sport when when audiences habits change and broadcast patterns change plus Easter. But anyway, to answer your question, as usual, the honours were split between seven and nine, um, with everybody claiming something. Um, so very broadly, um, seven won all people. So that's everybody, which I suppose is if you you know want to talk about cultural significance to the country, then that's the one that counts. Um, and that's whether you look at the kind of the more traditional battleground of what they call the five city metro, so the five capital cities. Um, but Seven's become increasingly interested in talking about national audience, um, so regional as well, particularly since it bought uh, Prime a little bit over a year ago now, which obviously was the regional player. Um, for Nine, the battleground is always about twenty five fifty four the age demographic, which is the key advertiser battleground. Um, it, it, it was fairly comfortable for nine this year. It always looked like they would pick that one up, certainly in Metro. In that national audience, which, as I say, un- until this year has never really been a particular battleground, seven are claiming it, actually, in 2554. Um, 
obviously I haven't really mentioned 10 very much. They No, and they were claiming that they were number one and talking about their, their youth or the younger demographic and the number one program with the hunted and a few things. So they were crowing as well. Yeah, that's right. And uh, now 10 is, you know, they, 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 they have to look a little bit hard in the data to find their wins. So they, they are correct that hunted was the biggest new entertainment show and it was a success for them. So Congratulations to 10 for that, um, that commission. Um, still a long way behind the other two networks. This claim of, of being the winning youngest network and it's 10 have often been challenged on the, on the, the phrasing they use. You know, what, what can be said is that 10's audience skews youngest, although just because of their sheer reach, seven and nine do still reach more younger people. Um, one of the kind of, I suppose, unhappy things for 10 this year was um, being overtaken by the ABC as well. Normally, the ABC comes in fourth. This time, on, on a fair few of the measures, the ABC came in just a, a, a ahead of 10. And then, you know, SBS, obviously, um, uh, fifth, as usual. It'd be very interesting to see how it, it how things skew the last couple of weeks, though, because obviously, um, SBS has done splendidly well with all of the World Cup coverage. So it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if it's been winning the breakfast time battles. I was thinking, though, about free-to-air TV management and, and the ratings in general. I know I'm going to sound like um, a, a cable cutter. I never thought I would get there because I am in the commercial audio production business and used to love listening to the – well, I still do – love listening to ad breaks and listening to the commercials and seeing you know, how our, our ads are sounding and how other ads are sounding. I have not watched free-to-air in a long time. Any free-to-air content with my kids generally will be via one of the apps – uh, you know, seven plus, ten play, nine now, and I have noticed a couple of things. The ad breaks are becoming more three-minute standard ad breaks rather than the same three ads rotating. What is the relevance of? And I know it's often said overnight measurement, and it, maybe it has less relevance. But I do wonder how long free-to-air terrestrial broadcast will have relevance. Yeah, I suppose one part of the answer from the point of view of the, let's call them the free-to-air broadcasters, is so long as they keep your audience as a viewer within the ecosystem, even if it's streaming and they have the ability to play ads to you, then they probably don't mind too much about that evolution. Um, The question then, though, is, okay, well, you know, how do you how do you measure that audience? As you say, overnight ratings probably become less relevant because just you know a f- smaller proportion of Australia are watching. And I always struggle with the phrase "live to air TV" because I don't mean literally live, but what's be, you know what's what's scheduled and going out right now. Linear TV. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so that's um, that. You know, the, the that's increasingly a smaller part of the story now. We've moved over to the beginnings of um, something called VOZ, Virtual Australia, which is also produced out of. Oztam, which is the, you know, as I say, the, the the main ratings measurement, and that combines both overnight traditional viewing via broadcast, but also via streaming via smart TVs. And what it provides is also, and this is kind of important, a deduplicated number. So, in other words, you can tell if you're reaching the right number of people with your advertising campaign because 
the idea of the panel system is that it's not counting people twice once when they stream and once when they watch something on 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 broadcast so 2023 i think will be the year where vols and 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 it can as well as seven day catch up 28 day catch up can provide an overnight number and i i suspect that's where we begin to pivot in that direction and it becomes more of a national story as well where we are you know where we are talking not just the five city you know metro um overnight across all platforms but maybe nationally as well you know and that that will that will happen soon enough because we see you know, nine is now a lot closer to win. You know, Wynn's uh, owner Bruce Gordon is, um, uh, you know, is nine's largest shareholder, for instance, now. And the, I think the sales teams now connected as well, aren't they? In the terms of what? They're- yeah, that's right. Yeah, the sales team reporting through to the yeah the nine sales team now, which then just leaves um, uh, Southern Cross Stereo and their partnership with ten as the kind of other key partnership where where there's separate ownership. And I, you know, there's, oh gosh, 18 months or so until that affiliation deal is redone. So that might create a bit of a deadline to sort that one out. Up next, all change at nine. Unmade. So Tracy Grimshaw bowed out of a current affair last week. Now we know her successor. Who is it, Tim? Yeah, so it's Ali Langdon. This was announced uh, last night, actually. So as we're recording, um, she's sort of begun her final week lap of honour with Carl uh, uh, on the uh, on the Today Show sofa. So I read that there's been some gentle ribbing going on, um, which uh, which you know it's a it's a big pair of shoes to fill. You know, it was uh, if memory serves, 16 years that Tracy Grimshaw helmed at a current affair. Um, you know, and a really you know iconic program um and then that means that that creates the vacancy at today with ali going to a current affair and that announcement was also made last night so um sarah arbo who often has been been standing in for ali langdon will now sit alongside carl on the today show so far and A Current Affair isn't the only nighttime show with big changes coming up. The project seems to have had a mass exodus. What's going on there for next year? Yeah, that was something we wrote about on Unmade midweek last week, actually. So it'd been known for some time that Carrie Bickmore would be stepping away. Um, she had an awful lot on her plate because she also presents a daily radio show as well alongside Tommy Little. On uh, on the hit network for Southern Cross or Stereo, um, so that that was already in the offing. We then um, uh, discovered in the last few days that Pete Hellier is leaving. So he was the 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 comedian of the panel because the way it sort of balances is is two more sort of straightforward presenters than a kind of comedian or a funny person or to show my bias for Pete Helly, a so-called funny person. Um, uh, so, um, so that, you know, those were some key changes. And then we also saw the less expected announcement of Lisa Wilkinson, who presents the weekend editions of the project, also saying that she would step away, which, which I say was more of a surprise because she's still contracted to 10 for at least another couple of years, I think. So, that seemed less expected. There's a piece in the diary of the Australian today saying it potentially creates a bit of a headache for 
um, uh, Ten's executives on quite what to to do with Lisa Wilkinson in that certainly according to the Australian, she's still going to get paid. Um, so that that that's a bit of a curiosity, I suppose. Um, what we do know is that Sarah Harris will be um, stepping up uh, from Studio 10, where she is at the moment, which is 10's daytime show. And effectively, she'll be filling a bit of Carrie's role and a bit of Lisa's role. So she'll have a fairly heavy workload alongside um, Waleed Ali. And then um, that comedian vacancy is yet to be filled. I'm reading Sean McAuliffe's book, actually. It's a great read if you like wry, dry sense of humour. And I wondered whether he'd be getting a tap on the shoulder. He was great in talking about your generation a few years ago. Just wondered if that'd be uh, tapping him for the role. My goodness! Um, look, I mean, he's brilliant. I'm um, funny enough. I, 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 it was it was my birthday last week, actually, and I, I also received the Sean Mickleoff book for my uh, birthday present. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it as well. Look, I, my guess is he'd say no, like uh, on any money, because you know, I mean. Uh, I think excellence is his thing. And if you look at something like Mad as Hell, it was so brilliant and so well done. And I guess it was within his system that he'd built. So I'm not sure that he'd want to go into somebody else's ecosystem. So that that would be my guess. He talks about how he's a writer. So he's coming up and writing a lot of this content. So the project's very much an ad hoc type of show. So it, one of the you, 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 you're right about the ad hoc point, though, because one of the things that um, the project really needs in this person is a comedian who can actually write their own stuff because there are jokes in there which are scripted. Um, and they they probably haven't got the size of team that somebody else can do that for them. So I suspect it will be somebody from some sort of stand up background, um, which uh, you know there you know there are there are plenty of people with that kind of wit and skill about them. Um, but yeah, it's a very you know it's a it's a very specific role because you've got to produce and you've got to deliver day in and day out. Mm. Uh, some house cleaning also happening in radio too. Tim, a big move at Triple M. Yeah, that was announced um, late last week on Friday morning. This is Triple M Sydney. There's actually been a lot going on um, across radio because like TV, this is when all of the contracts run out. We're, we're actually just into the final week of the the diary system for our 2022 radio runs for one more week and then those results are shared in a few weeks time um and then we'll see the traditional kind of the you know the the a-team lists all go on their their long summer holidays so we saw that um in sydney um mick malloy is going to take the helm of triple m's breakfast slot which is um a big move in a couple of ways so this this was the slot that was previously held by Lawrence Mooney, Moon Man, until there was a massive blow up about a year back, and he he left very acrimoniously with, and um, I think at least another year left on his contract at that point. And we we never quite found out what went on, although it looked like it was tensions with the team behind the scenes. Um, so so yeah, I I I. I you know, wrote about the Mick Malloy appointment in the Unmade newsletter on 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 Saturday. Um, you know, a really big radio name, but also a Melbourne radio name. Will he be moving to Sydney? Was my question. I mean, has Dave Hughes moved to Sydney, producing today? Uh, sorry, and uh, hosting today breakfast. Do these guys move, or do they 
kind of remote in? That is a very good question because, of course, the technology now makes it a lot easier to come in remotely. So you do get a number of presenters present from home or present from, you know, the, the, the nearest studio to where they are. Now, that old radio orthodoxy would be, you know, a show had to be live. It had to be local. It could only, you know, a good breakfast show could only happen in that city on that day. We have seen over the years, particularly recently, Southern Cross Stereo sometimes compromised to get the talent it wants. So we saw it with M. Rossiano when she took on the Today Breakfast show. And I, I suspect some of it was she was not that sure if it was going to work. So she never moved from Melbourne, for instance, although they would always say she was going to. Dave Hughes was similar, certainly for most of the pandemic. He was doing that show from Melbourne. Um, but I... And I'm not actually 100% sure if he has made the move to Sydney or not. I know Grant Denny was remoting in from Bathurst, I believe, when he was co-hosting one of the uh, variants of the Today FM Brecky show. Kyle is often remoted in from LA, I believe, as well. So it happens. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think it's one of those things is it's sort of seen as forgivable when um, when it goes well and when it rates well. And then, of course, it's just that one question. But it's, it must be a little bit harder just for chemistry when everybody isn't in the same room. But the problem is, you know, when the very best talent is in demand, they can't be in two places at once. And Mick Malloy, also presents the front bar for seven, which is the AFL um, show. So in AFL season, he's certainly in Melbourne for those. Um, so I did, I did try to get to the bottom of it for Saturday's email. I, I just happened to remember um, there was um, a book about um, Eddie Maguire um, written by Michael Bodie, which came out a couple of years ago, and it talked about the the triple m disaster when the um uh eddie Maguire made the comments about adam goods and compared him to the king kong musical which obviously was seen as a kind of you know racist and offensive thing to do um and i just happened to remember reading in the kind of the kind of piecing together of that Malloy was on the show at the time but hadn't yet started because he was contracted not to start till 7 a.m um so i did ask the question of triple m's pr people well you know is he starting at six and is he coming from melbourne or sydney and the reply was i can confirm the show will run from six till nine so obviously i kind of you know push back a couple of times of the year but when does mick start and got similarly sort of circular replies of you know we'll say more detail in the new year the show is from six till nine so if i had to have a guess it's the um He's probably not going to be on air um, alongside Mark Geyer for the for the whole three hours. He'll probably start a little bit later. Um, and hey, you know, if you're the talent and that's what you can negotiate, then, um, you know, you get to live a bit more of a normal life that way. So good on him, I guess. And that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do give us a review on the podcatcher where you just heard us. And don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, and Tim does appreciate it, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. I certainly do. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support, which I also appreciate, of Abe's Audio. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.